So in this lecture podcast, I'm getting into politics and sport. And politics and sports are very much intertwined in multiple ways. So one one of those ways is simply that sports within themselves become political. Um, so the way in which sports systems are structured, like the NCAA or professional organizations, they have their own politics within them. And when we talk about politics, what we're really talking about here is layers of power and the way in which uh, people legislate and legislate others. So, um, you know, things are put in place, rules are put in place, legislation is put into place, and then that ultimately dictates the system within which people are operating. Right, so you might have like a board of directors or a governing board who makes ultimate decisions on how a system operates, and then that's going to have an impact on the players, on the coaches, on everyone within that system. Um, and so that exists for every sport body, right? The NCAA is a huge one. Uh, again, like any of those professional sports organizations are going to have governing bodies and ultimately decisions are made that can change the way that the game goes. Um, and that can be in relation to anything, right? Like recruiting or rule changes. Uh, so we see changes like this happen, not on a day-to-day basis necessarily, but you know, every year in some form or fashion, there's typically some kind of rule change or some kind of change within the system of uh, a sport organization. So that's one way in which sports and politics are intertwined. And I guess that I wouldn't even necessarily consider that the intertwine of sport and politics, but rather the politics of sport, because there are other ways in which sport and politics truly are more intertwined. And we see this when athletes or coaches use their platform to promote particular ideas. And we might, you know, we might say that these are more just kind of their perspectives on life and morality and how things should be, but ultimately it becomes politicized and it is still the promotion of a particular ideology, which definitely gets latched onto and becomes politicized. Um, and vice versa. I think the the government can also um, play a role in how sports play out. And actually, you know, there's there's legislature that has an impact on sport. So we've got things like Title IX, which is, um, a, I mean, it's an amendment, right? So it's a piece of legislation that was passed by the federal government and has an impact hugely on sport participation um, and between genders, right? And men's and women's sports. So even though Title IX, when it was passed in 1972, was not just directed at sport, it was actually applied to ensure that there wasn't gender discrimination in educational settings. So, you know, any school, high school, college. Um, But that has had a huge impact then on high school and college sports and ultimately the world of sports period. 
Um, another thing is like anti-doping laws. So there are anti-doping laws that have been put into place by the government and requires that you know certain athletes are tested and have to pass um, to ensure that they're not using uh, performance-enhancing drugs. That's another way that the government is clearly intertwined. Um, and then kind of the other side, like I mentioned, um, sport can be a platform to push particular ideas. So like one really strong example of that is when the U.S. boycotted the Olympics in 1980 and did not attend. Um, and then the Soviet Union did the same four years later. And this was done in response to the Soviet Union invading Afghanistan in 1979. Um, and so, you know, various countries did ultimately boycott the 1980 Olympics um, because they did not agree with this move. Um, so this political move and the actions that were taken, and then the Soviet Union in 1984, in response to that, boycotted the games. So here we see how sport, especially with the Olympics and, and international politics, is all very much intertwined and connected. And then even just in our own country, uh, even in fairly recent years, we've seen very clear displays of disagreement with um, really like decisions that have been made uh, legally and on, an, on a national level. Um, so, you know, big promotion and support of Black Lives Matter within sport and by athletes. Um, also even like political statements and perspectives on COVID. So like you had the NBA, a, a few, hmm, where are we? <laughs> what month are we in? A couple of months ago, uh, some of the teams, you know, decided not to play um, in response to some of the governmental legal decisions around um, some of the you know, social injustices that took place over the summer. Very politically, uh, again, I hesitate, it becomes political. It's not necessarily politically driven, although it, it all becomes tied to um, kind of the greater institution of politics, even if it's simply individuals and teams and groups voicing their perspectives and trying to send a message. So a lot of ways in which sport and politics are all tied up within each other. Um, just to kind of give a quick background on functionalism versus conflict or critical theory. Um, so from a functionalist perspective, our political institutions have a necessary role in society. So it helps maintain order. The people who are in power are there to maintain order, and then the way that the government works and the system works, uh, works to ensure that there is, uh, that there's order, that everything is in control, and ultimately that everything continues to function the way that it's intended to function. And I think that's the basic idea behind our government and our political system. And then from a conflict or critical perspective, um, the, pers the view is that 
our political systems often favor those who are in power and there's not an equal or fair distribution of resources and power and access. Um, and so typically, you know, those who are in power are acting within their own self-interest. Um, so that's the critical perspective here. And so we can apply this in, again, in politics, the way in which it's intertwined within sport. Um, so just two different perspectives to keep in mind. So I want to highlight the five ways in which sport is used for politics. And you will see this in your reading and in the lecture. Um, and I'm going to ask you to really think about this and engage with it, even in your group discussion. So the there's the five ways are using sport as a vehicle for propaganda or to promote, to promote particular ideas, to promote nationalism, so help people feel connected, uh, as an opiate for the masses. So what that means is to sort of uh, distract or sedate people from recognizing some of the bad things that are happening within politics. Uh, fourth is politicians exploiting their affiliations for political gains. So using your background in sport um, or your connection to sport in order to make gains politically. And then five is a vehicle for social change, which I think we see quite a bit these days. So just to dive into these one at a time real quick. Uh, first, sport as a vehicle for propaganda. So again, this is the promotion of particular ideas. Uh, you know, about about our world, about our society, and how it should be functioning. So, in this way, we might promote um, hard work and hard work ethic. So we highlight athletes who, you know, work really hard. We might promote unity, which is also kind of tied to this next point about nationalism. But even, you know, the promotion of unity can be considered propaganda. So we're just trying to promote certain ways in which, uh, in, in which we should function in our society. And so sport is used in that way. And you can kind of listen to how people talk about sport, how commentators are speaking, um, how politicians might refer to sport. So that's the first way in which sport is used. Second is, again, to promote nationalism our nationalist perspective or ideologies. So this is a way of trying to bring people together because if we're all coming together over something, right? In this case, it's sport, then we're together and against someone else. And this is particularly evident with the Olympics, right? Where we all come together, not just for our own separate little teams, but everyone is behind Team USA in the Olympics. So this is a, a really evident way of promoting nationalism and promoting support of the country. Third, as I said, uh, so it's used as an opiate for the masses, which I think is a great term. I don't think it is super straightforward, but it's a great term. 
so again, this is a way to kind of sedate people and help them to sort of become distracted. It provides a distraction. Sport provides a distraction so that people are not so focused on um, how unhappy they are with the government or, you know, potentially harmful moves or decisions that the government makes. Uh, So there's more, you know, there's something else to focus on. It draws attention away from the negatives. Fourth, um, sports, sport is used for political gain by particular individuals. So you might see this as former athletes running for office and kind of using their backgrounds to, to gain support in that way. Um, the person who comes to mind for me is Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey. And I know he played football at Stanford. I have not followed him closely enough politically to know how much that has come up. Um, I have like heard it come up in certain interviews, but it was more sport-related interviews. So by no means am I saying that he uses his athlete status to promote himself um, politically. But I also know it doesn't hurt, right? It doesn't, I don't think it's hurting him to say, yeah, I played football at Stanford. I attended Stanford and I also was an athlete there. Um, I think it kind of sends a pretty positive message just based on what we value in our society. Um, so that's, you know, one example of somebody, I don't want to say using sport because that sounds negative, but I mean, there is so, his association to sport is potentially beneficial um, just as he interacts with the community. And other ways people might use sport in this way is, um, you know, even having commercials during sporting events. Like if you're going to... Um, kind of publicize or create publicity uh, during sporting events is a a good way to use that um, or a good way to do that because there is obviously a lot of attention particularly on big sports and sporting events so if a politician can get their name and face up there in front of all those people watching whatever big game they're watching then that's another way to kind of exploit that system to, to gain a little bit more So there's a lot of different ways in which that can happen. Those are just a couple examples of how you might see a politician use sport in their favor. Uh, And then last is sport being used for social change. So athletes, I think, are just over over the years more and more becoming more confident and more inclined to promote particular ideologies using their platform as professional athletes um, and even as college athletes. So, I mean, Colin Kaepernick is probably the poster child for this. Um, Very much like a a great example. Um, Really a shining example of this. And, you know, it all started with him kneeling during the anthem and since there has been so much uh, support and change and also lack of support, right? There are people who disagreed with this, but regardless, it has raised a lot of dialogue. It has led to a lot of conversation. It has led to, um, more awareness, I think. And as far as 
very clear changes systematically. I think we're still waiting on that, but I think it's drawn a lot of attention to social issues um, within the United States. So we're seeing this more and more now. So these are really the main ideas that I want you to take away. Um, there's more for sure, like do the entire reading, go through the lecture, but these are the keys that I want you to take away and really start to think about and pay attention to. That's what I want the most is that you start to pay attention to how sport is being used to promote political perspectives, pay attention to how politics is influencing sport and the role of the government when it comes to particular sport situations, um, and then think about the politics of sport itself and the systems and the way that there are different layers of power and what that might mean for people at these different levels. Um, so with that, I will leave you <laughs> and uh, again, encourage you to just stay aware of these things and be aware of the macro level or higher level impact of politics on sport.